0: Hey friends, great to be here with you today. As you can see, I am in the church kitchen, Woohoo! right? It's a room that we haven't utilized as much as we would have liked during this pandemic year, though we do a, a monthly family dinner with our friends over at the elementary school, but this is a kind of bustling place. But you know and I know that the kitchen is where we prepare to eat. Now, go check in in the chat, say hi, say you're here, And let us know if you like to eat. I like to eat. I know you probably like to eat and you do all that here or in your home. And, and you know, as well as I know that, uh, often I don't make the right food decisions that I probably should, that the stuff that's nice and sugary and fatty and, and smells good. You know, when it goes into my body, it kind of makes me feel cruddy or not as good as I would, if I would have eaten the green stuff. And, and just like our bodies and what we eat require discipline, so do our spiritual lives too. And that's what Pastor James is going to talk about to us today. He's going to share with us about what it means to feast on this, feast on God's word. How, do, how does what goes into us, uh, how does that impact what, what comes out to us in our spiritual lives? So, so get ready to hear from God today. I hope that you're able to put aside any distractions that, that might be in the room or maybe even in your mind. If you have small children, know that you're excused from that. But that God would speak today, that you would listen, that you would hear his voice, and that you would be, be prepared to act, be prepared to take the step that he's called you to. So welcome, and I hope that you enjoy the service.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to church. Let's stand to our feet as we worship together.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. we sing. Your blood is healing everyone. Your blood. It's making all things new. Your blood It speaks a better word. Oh, I sing your blood. Your blood. The measure of my word. Your blood. It's more than I deserve. Your blood. Speaks a better word. Speaks a better word. He's singing out in light. He's shouting down the lines. It echoes through the night. The precious blood of Christ speaks a better word. Speaks a better word. Oh, you're speaking a better word. Oh, oh. yeah, you see. He's rewriting my history, it covers me with destiny. He's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ is rewriting my history. He covers me with destiny. He's making all things right. The precious blood of Christ.
1: to church. We're so glad that you guys are here and everyone joining us online. Welcome. Uh, we have a great word from Pastor James this morning. So I know it's going to encourage you. It's going to empower you to grow spiritually as we continue this CrossFit series. Uh, If you're a guest with us, welcome. Uh, We hope that uh, you're making yourself welcome. We just uh, want you to fill out a connection card. Uh, There's actually some out at the giving kiosk out there or online. Uh, There's an online connection card as well. Just uh, give us a little bit of your information so that we can reach out, connect with you, welcome you to the church, uh, and answer any question that you might have. We just want to encourage you uh, to do that. Also, at any time, Uh, we can take our tithes and offerings. We still aren't passing the buckets, but you can go out to one of the giving kiosks uh, out there. You can do a debit or credit, uh, or you can go online. Just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner, or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Again, this is just another way that we worship God, just by giving him the first fruits of what he's given us, because every good and perfect gift comes from God, and so it's just another way that we can honor him and praise him with our giving, Um, and so just want to encourage you to do that, and then also uh, check in on Facebook online, just go ahead and just share uh, salemfields.com slash live, invite some people to join you, Uh, or you can uh, share on Facebook, they can check us out there as well at Salem Fields, and then also you guys in here, you can go ahead, they might not be able to join you. Uh, in service, but you can check in on Facebook. You can share that link to sandlifields.com slash live. Say it's not too late to join us for a church, uh, so I want to just encourage you to do that. Well, we got a couple of announcements coming up, uh, but first watch this video.
3: Three, two, one.
0: Hey, this spring, I wanna invite you to help make a difference in our community right here in Spotsylvania County, Virginia, by joining us for the 2021 Brisbane Bustle and Bolt 5K and Kids Mile. And that's gonna be on Saturday, May 22nd. And so whether it's your first 5K or if you're a seasoned runner, you don't wanna miss this opportunity for what's gonna be an awesome morning of fun. And get this, we're giving away all the proceeds from this race to support the Brisbane Center, our region's homeless shelter, who provides temporary housing, job resources, coaching, and life skills to support vulnerable adults and kids in our community. The race will start and end at Salem Fields Community Church on Gordon Road, and the course will take you around the church property and through the rolling hills of a nearby neighborhood development. And there will be awards. There's gonna be awards for the top three male and female finishers, as well as age group awards. We'll have some giveaways from local businesses too. And know that you can bustle or bolt. You can run or walk the 3.1 miles with us. For kids 12 and under, we have something special for you. A one mile run at 8 a.m. before the 5K at 8.30. And boys and girls can challenge themselves to run their fastest time. and know that you can join us from wherever you are because we're gonna have a 5K virtual option as well. If you've never run or walked 3.1 miles before, no sweat. We're also gonna have a training group that's gonna be on social media. It's a great way to connect with others and receive encouragement. And this is also open to seasoned runners as well. Well, one last thing, we need your help to make this happen. You can start off today by registering at salemfields.com slash run. You'll also get the cheapest pricing. And we're also looking for community minded sponsors, businesses to provide raffle donations and help sponsor the event. That way we can maximize the proceeds that go to the Brisbane Center. If you have any questions about sponsorships or volunteering, you can just reach out to me, Chris, at salemfields.com and we'll provide any information that you need. So go spread the word and start running or walking some miles as we count down to May 22nd. Hope to see you then and until then, get moving.
1: So it's gonna be a great event for a great cause. Again, you can get all information and register for that at salemfields.com slash run. Uh, well, coming up, it's not uh, too far away now, is Easter, and so we have a lot of opportunities to be able to to celebrate, and so we'll uh, go into more detail through the next couple of weeks. But as you can see up there, we're going to, again, do our Palm Sunday service, usually uh, on the 28th, uh, again, at 9 and 11. April 1st, we're going to have a prayer experience all day. Uh, April 2nd is our Good Friday service at 7 Uh, April 3rd, we're going to do a service at the Brisbane Center at 5 p.m., and so that's going to be awesome. And then on April 4th, on Easter Sunday, we have a sunrise service at 6.30, and then our normal usual at a 9 and 11. Uh, Again, Pastor James is going to have an awesome word called uh, God's Rescue Plan, and so we're going to unpack that uh, over the couple of weeks uh, leading up into Easter, and so it's just going to be a great service, but we want to encourage you to invite. And so we're going to be able to put some material in your hands next week, uh, but we're also going have some cool digital ways that you can be able to invite your friends, your family, your neighbors. Uh, Again, through uh, what we've experienced this entire year, people need the hope of Jesus more than ever, and so it's just a great way uh, to be able to extend that invitation for them to come and hear the good news of what Jesus has done. And so I want to encourage you to connect with that, but also... Not only do we want you to attend a service, we would love for you uh, belongers to serve at a service as well. And so uh, you can email info at and uh, find different ways that you can connect. And we'll also be providing those over the next couple of weeks as well. But one other cool thing that we're doing to be able to connect with the community is our egg. Venture. Uh, this is kind of a scavenger hunt take on an egg hunt. And so uh, it's something that our uh, Family Connect Ministry is doing together. And so it's going to be uh, a really great time for families to come and just uh, have a blast on a Saturday afternoon. And so uh, that's going to take place on Saturday, March 27th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, we're actually giving away a, so a raffle. You can be entered into that uh, if you not only come with your family, but you also bring a family with you. And so I want to encourage you to connect with that if you want more information or to. Uh, get signed up for that just email family at salemfields.com well can we stand to our feet together uh, as we continue to worship this morning pastor james is going to be talking about meditation and so uh, really just uh, discovering really the importance and the value of making sure that we are in the word and so let's just continue to open our hearts uh, connect with what god wants to do here this morning as we just continue to worship
4: The fragrance of heaven. Control. Consume me from this.
1: wanting our lives to be lives of praise, just bringing honor and glory to the name of Jesus. You know, when we think about what we put in is what comes out. And So I just wonder if we're spending enough time in in prayer, if we're spending enough time in taking in His Word, if we're spending enough time in just soaking in His presence. And So I want you to reflect just in these moments on your life. Is... Is Jesus what is shining through, or are you still just wanting to be in control of certain areas? Are you still wanting to to live your way or or do things your way when God's calling you to to let go, to release more of your heart to Him, to release more of your life to Him, to release more control to Him? There's no greater time to do that than in His presence. And So let's not rush out of this moment. Let's just just rest in his goodness, rest in his presence. And so just open your heart. Put away old distractions. You're online. Just still everything around you. In this room, just still steal your thoughts. Focus in on the Lord. Just say, Jesus, have more of my heart. Have more of my life. You can have it all. Don't hold anything back the thing that you're still holding on to that you need to release to him. Release it in these moments. Just release it to him. Don't leave here carrying it. Father, you can have it all. You can have our lives. You can have our hearts. it to you, Lord. You
2: can have it all. it had
1: whatever it is that you're still holding on to. Maybe if it's something he needs to deliver you from, maybe it's something that you haven't just quite let him have control over. Just as a sign and as a gesture of surrender to him, just hold out your hands in front of you. and Just release it. Just release it right now.
2: And just say it out.
1: everything into your hands father knowing that there is no greater place for our lives to be than the one who authored it the one who gave us breath the one who gave us life we just want to return the very breath that you put into our lungs we want to return to you and praise jesus god we give everything to you pray that you be with pastor james as he just delivers this word god let us receive it with gladness with thanksgiving with humility father so that we can leave here forever changed by an encounter with you, Father, we love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated.
5: Good morning, Belongers. How are you doing today? You You look good. Anybody tell you that? Or anybody tell you that this morning? You look good. And even those of you who are on the couch and with curlers in your hairs, I, they don't do curlers anymore, do they? <laughs> okay, so so if you're in, if you're in the if you're in your house and you got all kinds of uh, you got all kinds of things in your hair and you're not you're not ready and you're just kind of you got your grunge look on, you still look good because you're in the house of the Lord. And so we're glad you're here today. Uh, we've been in a series called CrossFit. And we've been talking about what it means to be spiritually fit, and using as an illustration this idea of what it means to be physically fit um, as an illustration. Here's what we've learned so far: we learned number one that to, uh, to to be spiritual fit, you have to spiritually fit. You have to have balance in your life. That if you're going to be spiritually mature and spiritually growing and becoming more like Christ, there needs to be this balance that you have in life. That you begin to kind of balance all of these attributes of what it means to grow in Christ. And the second thing that we've learned is that if you're going to be spiritually fit, there will be growth barriers. And growth barriers, we talked about last week, growth barriers like knowledge, lack of knowledge, uh, lack of passion. But these growth barriers in your, are in your life, and God can help you get around and get over and get rid of growth barriers. So, uh, so this morning, um, we want to talk a little bit about what it means to do some core exercises. So we're moving into our exercise mode and and here's the deal we've discovered that our key scripture for the whole series is this workouts in a gymnasium are useful but a disciplined life and god is far more so making you fit for today and forever all right and so um here's the deal i uh, thought today that we would have uh, matt here help me uh with some core exercises Matt runs Faith RXD and he's uh, a ministry of his and uh, he's a board member here. And uh, so he's going to work me out a little bit today. And I, I hope he takes it easy on me. And you hope he'll take it easy on me as well.
1: All right. Great. So, as we know, the core, having a strong core, is like having a strong foundation in your house, it connects the lower body to the upper body. And really, without a strong core, it's hard to get anything accomplished. So what we're going to do today is we have a 100-pound sandbag. We're going to pick it up, and we're going to carry it from one end of the stage to the next. He's
5: going to carry it <laughs> from one end of the stage to the no, next. No, I'm going to demo
1: it, and then you're
3: going <laughs> to okay, do it, too. OK,
5: OK, I'll hold the mic. so you can, Let's see this.
1: So we're going to squat down, pick it up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now he did that really well, right? He did that really well. so, so and he's done, he's done it so well that it doesn't make any sense that I would even do it, right? so, no. so, so okay, so they, they came to see you. Okay, okay, gotta okay, see) <laughs> Is this like is this like the is this like the accelerated course? Is it like a beginners have, kind of? We have a
1: we have a fifty pound bag
5: over here. I, I think the fifty I think the fifty pounds more my speed. Let's see here. Oh yeah, yeah yeah see this is this is good yeah so I I, I like this one way better than the hundred pound <laughs> bag so yeah yeah I, I think I can do this this is more my speed. See sometimes you got to got to walk before you can, you got to crawl before you can walk right and so thanks Matt and. Uh, Matt and his, his team have been sponsoring this series, and uh, if you want to uh, if you want to work out, you want to get your workout on, and want to be trained, uh, Matt and his team can help you with that. And so we're going to be doing some more Faith RX events here, and so be looking out for those events. When COVID hit, and the gyms closed, and uh, and I could not connect with my trainer. Um, at first, I thought that's a great thing, right? I can uh, I can uh, not work out, and I'm going to be fine. But I begin to lose some of my gains. If you're in the workout world, you understand what that means. You begin to lose some of your gains. And so I I lost about 15 pounds, which was a lot of uh, muscle weight and different things like that. And so I I called Soup, who was my old trainer, and I just said, Soup, like, can you give me some exercise? Can you give me some workout routines that will help me get my gains back and and keep me going uh, during this COVID-19 season? And, uh, and he sent me some and, and, and at first I, I, you know, I did them sporadically and I didn't really want to do them. But as I continued to kind of lose the gains, I decided that I was going to do them. And here's what I discovered. The more I did them, the more my body willingly cooperated with doing them. And the more I wanted to do them and I got better with them. And so here's the deal. I, I, I discovered that it's the same way in our spiritual journey. That the more that we do these exercises that I'm going to be starting to talk about today, these disciplines in our life, the more our body will crave them and the more we will want to do them. So this morning I'm going to talk about core exercise. The first core exercise is meditation. Meditation, the four first core exercise. So let's kind of dig into this. So, so most of us who are Christians, We've heard again and again that the, the, the words say and the, and the pastors say and the Bible say that we need to dig into the word. Yet, according to stats, less than one fifth of us, one fifth of USA American belongers or Christians read the scripture daily. If spending time in God's word is really important, and I believe it is because the Bible says it is, then why aren't we doing it? Now, you might say, well, James, speak for yourself. I'm into the Word every day. If you are, I'm happy. But the stats say that only one-fifth. So you're part of the one-fifth of the people who are. Here's an interesting thing. The, The Bible says jump into the Word. The Bible says dig into the Word. But why does it digging into the Word, why does reading the Scripture, why does doing that seem sometimes like pure agony of a hard workout, I mean, how is it that when we do read, sometimes we come along, go away feeling as cold spiritually as we did before we even began reading? I'm convinced that the major reason why this is the case is because we've forgotten what it means or how to meditate. The Puritan pastor, Thomas Watson, spoke of this when he stated this. The reason why we come away so cold from reading the word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Sadly, one of the first questions that you hear from evangelical Christians when they hear the word meditation is this is that even Christian? I mean, isn't meditation some Eastern religion thing, you know, where you sit down and you, you kind of fold your hands together and you quiet yourself and you slow your heart beat down and you go, mm. I mean, isn't that what meditation is about? Here's the, here's the reality. Meditation is Christian. It is Christian and it's even biblical. So, so let's look at the Bible and let's look at meditation in the Bible. Abraham's son, Isaac. It's recorded as going out to a field to meditate in Genesis 24, 48, 63. It's at a time that he meets his wife, Rebecca. So there might have been some ulterior motive to going out and meditating and, and some benefits from meditating in the book of Joshua. Joshua is commanded by God and commissioned by God to lead Israel. As part of the commission, God says this, and don't for a minute. Let the book of Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it, and then you'll get where you're going. Then you will succeed. Now, I just gave you right there what billions of dollars of self-help books and videos and speakers will try to sell you on. See, see, God is saying to Joshua there, you got this ragtag bunch of followers. They're not a nation yet. They've come out of Egypt. They've been disobedient. They've walked around in the desert for a a number of years. and, And now it's your time to lead them. And he gives Joshua his marching orders. He makes it very clear and succinct. Don't, for a minute, let this book of Revelation Be out of your mind. Ponder on it. Meditate on it. Get it inside you and make sure you practice. (laughs) Some of us are good at meditation and reading, but not good at practicing. And then some of us are good at practicing something, but it's not the word of God. He says, meditate on it, know it, get it in inside you and practice. And then, and then you'll get where you're going. Now, they understand this because the road from Egypt to the promised land, a straight road would not have taken them 40 years. It took them 40 years because they let the book of the Revelation slip out of their minds. And then they walked around in the desert they walked around in the desert. There was a song around this. Take another lap around my Zionite. Then you'll learn your lesson. They walked around the desert for 40 years. Because they let it slip. The Psalms are full of accounts, full of accounts of meditation and commands to meditate. Psalm 1-2, instead you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. Psalm 77-12, I'll ponder all the things you've accomplished and give a long loving look at your acts. Psalm 119 48. I cherish your commands. Oh, how I love them. Relishing every fragment of your counsel. Jesus calls for the disciples. When we look at what what does meditate mean, what's this description, what's the meaning of meditation? Jesus calls his disciples to look at the ravens and the wildflowers. Maybe you remember the discourse. We preached on this earlier in my tenure here when we talked about blueprints of a belonging community. And we talked about the Sermon on the Mountain. And in the Sermon on the Mountain, there's a discourse where Jesus tries to get them to calm down, not to worry about what they eat or what they drink or what they'll wear. And then he says, look at the ravens or look at the wildflowers. In Luke 12, the word look at means to take a long feasting look at. It's not a gander. It's not just kind of appearing here and then kind of moving on. Take a long Long feasting look at. It's, it's like the look that you take when you see something attractive. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a person and, and you, you, you're attracted to that person, that home, that car, whatever that situation is. You don't just kind of take a look and move on. You take a long feasting look at that person or that thing. He says do that or even the word meditate on. Meditation as a Christian Discipline has largely been forgotten by modern evangelical church So that when we hear it, we kind of think of a practice of an Eastern religion where the mind is emptied, right? So in meditation, in Eastern religion, you empty the mind. But not so in Christian meditation. In Christian meditation, you begin to take your mind and fill it with the things of God. You begin to fill it with with the claims of God. You begin to fill it with the promises of God. The thoughts of God. The scripture, you ponder upon them. This type of meditation is spoken of and practiced in many places in the Bible. And it's a practical, it's a practical exercise for spiritual growth. There are two words translated in the Old Testament. The most common word means to murmur or to mutter, to murmur or to mutter. And then the second word means to talk to oneself. Thus, biblical meditation involves focusing one's mind on Scripture or the attributes of God, speaking those ideas to oneself and, and ruminating on them. It, it differs from, from prayer. It, it's a different from prayer in, in that we are not precisely talking to God. It's not this conversation with God, but rather reflecting on Him. And although it all, although it all often includes scripture or involves scripture is not the same as study. One could say that meditation on the word of God, meditation on the word of God is what uh, digestion is for food. Food is of little use if we fail to digest it. You understand that. Doctors tell us that the digestion process is not just what happens in the stomach after you swallow, that the digestion process happens before you even swallow How you chew and what you do with your food, chewing it, matters in the digesting process. My mom used to tell me all the time, you chew just like a cow. You just kind of take your food and wall it around in your mouth and you swallow it. My mom was totally wrong. I did not chew like a cow. I might have chewed like some kind of other animal, but it wasn't a cow. Because the way the cows chew is like this. They take that cud... And they they take it and they chew it, right? And they chew it in their mouth. And and then they swallow it up. Swallow it, right? And then they regurgitate it. (laughs) They throw it back up in their mouths and they chew it again. This is great lunch talk. And they swallow it and they throw it back up and they chew on it again. And they get all the nutrients out of it. Meditation is taking the word of God. And chewing on it and pondering it and and, and kind of throwing it back up and chewing on it again and again. Remember that old saying, I threw up a little bit in my mouth? (laughs) Well, that's what happens in meditation. If we want to maximize the nutritional benefit, we must chew it well. We must chew it well. (laughs) When we reflect on Scripture, And we attempt to expand our understanding of it and consider how it applies to our own lives, our own experience. It provides us with the highest benefit. So here's the key scripture for this message. Psalm 119 will help us answer some core questions about meditation. Here's what it says. How can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm in single-minded in pursuit of you, I love that term. I'm single-minded, as opposed to double-minded when you're all over the place. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart, so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than gathering piles of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you told me of life. I won't forget a word. This psalmist is on it. This psalmist wants to know God. He has single-mindedness minded in his pursuit. He wants to know God. He wants to experience God. He wants to remember. He wants God inside of him. What a great psalm. God inside, God inside of us, transforming us in the way that he does. So why would we meditate? Listen to what it says. How can a young person live a clean life? By living according to your word. So, so one of the reasons why we meditate is to keep our lives clean. It strikes me as strange that so many people have made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So many people have decided they want to be belongers. And yet they still struggle with the weight of sin and the weight of this idea of selfishness with God and others in their lives. So it's almost like, it's almost like they say, well, I want to be a belonger, but I still want to do the things that I want to do. It's this idea that, you know what, God, I know you've given me stuff. I know you've said this is what you want me to do in your word. And I I know you've laid out a good plan for me. I know you have good good grace for me. I I, I know you want things to work in my life, but I'm going to do my own thing. And here's what begins to happen. People who are belongers, who've been saved by grace through faith, still struggle with this idea of sinning every single day. I'm not talking about blowing it every now and then. I'm talking about people who just lay down and wallow in sin. And and, it, it, it it totally perplexes me. That God would send his son, Jesus, and he would move into the neighborhood and put on flesh, bone, and skin. And he would go through everything we go through but the sin. And he would die a sinner's death and get up on Sunday morning so that we could still be in bondage to sin. That's crazy. But yet, for some of us, we'll just accept that as our normal existence. That is not God's will for you and I. That is not God's will for belongers. That is not. God's will. And so why do we hide God's word in our hearts? Why do we do the core meditate the core exercise of meditation to keep our lives clear? This book is not a rock, it's not rocket science. It's better than rocket science. A young person or old person and everybody in between can keep our way clean how by living according to God's word. That's why we should meditate. That's why we should do this core exercise. When we understand God's word and we understand his love for us, Let me, let's not forget this because sometimes we read God's word and, and, and if we're not careful, we'll make him out to be this kind of, this demagogue, this, this God who hates us and doesn't care for us and just wants to kill our joy. No, no, God loves us. It's the reason why he sent his son, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's, that's you. Put your name in that place for God so loved James, for, for, for God so loved Chris, that for God so loved Jeff, and God so loved Sally, and God so loved Kathy that he gave his one and only son. When we understand that, when we understand that and that he desires to, that He desires for us to live right and right relationship with him and, and those all around us, then we can leave a clean life. You now, this can take some effort. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It takes some effort on our part. God's not going to take you by the collar and, and slam you on the wall and say, you will meditate or else. No, 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 no. no. He'll provide his Holy Spirit to give you the power to do that which is not natural to you. And he will transform you in doing it. The psalmist asked God, I'm single minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you posted. I banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt. You might think, well, I can kind of live a clean life, and and I, and, but every now and then I can have a cheat day. Every now and then we talk about it in the we talk about it in the workout world. The problem is I have many cheat days. <laughs> I mean, I eat out of a white box. Rose has been gone for a couple of days, and so when Rose has been gone, the fellas have been eating out of a white box. Jordan is sitting right smack dead in front of me. My, my trainer, but, but we've eaten out of a white box. And so we've been to all kinds of places like McDonald's and, and we've been to the pho place and, and I've had some Popeyes and it's just been white box eating, baby. Well, in our spiritual lives, it can't, it doesn't, it's not that simple. This idea that I'm just going to cheat here and I'm going to just kind of do this thing. It's between me and and myself and I or or it's between me and that person. And so here's what I discovered in in 33 years of ministry. In 33 years of ministry, I discovered I've never seen enough damage that has occurred from, from people trying to just send a little bit there and a little bit here. A little indiscretion always escalates, sometimes in a full-blown disease, sometimes in a full-blown affair, sometimes in a full-blown crime, sometimes in full-blown jail sentence, sometimes in full-blown broken relationships. I know they tell you that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but baby, it doesn't stay in Vegas. It's coming home with you. It's coming home with you. And this idea that we can do a little bit here and, and no one knows and no one sees, and it doesn't make a difference, and God will forgive me, and God's grace is sufficient. God didn't come and die on a cross and get up on Sunday morning so that we can be entrapped and ensnared, ensnared by sin. Number two, why meditate? One, to live a clean life. Number two is to live wisely in the will of God. When the psalmist uses the phrase, I banked, to describe what he's done with God's word. When he says, I banked your promises in the vault of my heart, he uses a Hebrew word that has a double meaning. And it could also mean, mean, I treasured, I treasured. He has memorized God's word. Is now carried in his heart and with God's word memorized in our hearts, we begin to live in devotion to him. We begin to have our lives in sync with God's word and and God's will And, and then we begin to encounter real life. In verse 12, he says, be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. This psalmist is teachable. He doesn't know that he has it all figured out or he doesn't believe he has it all figured out. One of my, one of my Achilles heel in this whole area of training and workout is I will be paying a trainer and then pretend like I know what I'm doing and I don't need any help. I, and, and I got people here in the audience that can attest to this. I will be paying someone and still say, I can do it. I got it. I know what I'm doing. And I have no earthly idea what I'm doing. And if I am doing it, I'm not doing it the right way. What does that sound like? I can do it. I can do it. It sounds like the two-year-old kid that says, mommy and daddy, I don't need any help. I can do it. I can do it. It sounds like immaturity to me and spiritual Fitness is about growing up and becoming mature and realizing that we need help. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to help us. And he's put people in our lives that can help us, can be our trainers, can be our encouragers, can be our motivators, can be our correctors. God, the Holy Spirit first and then other people that he's put in our lives See, the psalmist wants to live in according to God's plan for his life. What about you? What about you? So, number one, to live a clean life before God. Number two, to live wisely in the will of God. And number three, to escape temptation and sin by staying on the right path. Jesus used the word of God that was in his heart to defeat the tempter in his desert of fasting. Maybe you remember the story. He, He has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights at the beginning of his ministry. And he's in the desert and the fast is over. And the adversary comes to him and says, hey, Jesus, I see that you're hungry. I see that you're hungry. Hey, have a happy meal on me. And it's very easy. All you got to do is take these stones and turn them to bread. No one will know. It'll be between you and I. And, and let's just get this done. And, and Jesus began to say to him, no, man and women do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the adversary takes him to the next temptation and says, takes him to a spire in the temple and says, throw yourself down, make a spectacle. That's, I mean, that's reality. TV, make a spectacle, the angels will come and they will lift you up and everybody will say, yeah, Jesus, the man, he's got the angels helping him out. And Jesus talks about, no, no, don't tempt the Lord your God, don't do it. And then he takes him in the last temptation and says, Jesus, I know, I know that you've been told you had to go to a cross. I know that you've been told that you're going to have to spill your blood. You don't have to do all that. Let me give you a shortcut. You just bow down to me and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and they'll be yours. And Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. (laughs) Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus was able to do that because he had God's word banked in his heart. You know what the tempter does? He always comes at an opportune time when you're weak. Secondly, he has the ability to twist the scriptures and give you half-truths The reason, the reason why you meditate on God's word is so that you don't get tripped up by false doctrines and false religiosity and false legalism and false craziness. That's the reason why you do it, because you have banked the words in your heart and God has transformed you and he's inside you and he's living in you and he's empowering you and he's helping you to discern right from wrong. He's helping you discern truth from a lie. Psalmist talks about this, Psalm 119, 105. By your words, I see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light in my dark path. Hebrews 2, keep your eyes on Jesus who both begin and finish this race we're in. Study how he did it. Let's remember that his word lights the path in his direction. It helps us not to get caught up in all the stuff I talked about. We learn through his word by living in right relationship with God and our lives take on a dynamic that was not present before. So we talked about what med- med- meditation is. We talked about it being the word of God. The next question is how? How do we practice this spiritual exercise in meditation a believer who practices this biblical meditation not only learns more, but a sense of wonder and excitement and a passion comes back to his reading and her reading of the Scripture. Have you ever read the Scripture and you felt like there was no passion, there was no excitement, there was, there was just, just none of that, it's just kind of dry? When we begin to meditate on the Word of God, it, it brings some of that passion and that excitement back. Because sometimes it was, here's what we do. We'll read the word of God from a legalistic kind of perspective or, or in, in a regimented sort of way, right? We'll read it because we're, we can be legalists and say, yeah, I read it. I'm a good scripture reading. I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Or we read it from kind of a check off the box situation. And, and we've checked off the box and we think it's some indicator of holiness reading the scripture it's not synonymous with holiness. It's a means to holiness. Let me explain it. If I want to grow spiritually, I must go to where God is. Henry Blackaby, in his book, and his, his, his now famous book, Experiencing God, says we must stop asking God to bless what we're doing, and then we must go and look where God is blessing and join him in it. God can be found in his word, in meditation and in prayer. It's it's the act of going there. It's it's not what makes me holy, but it changes me so that once I put myself in a position to receive, God can transform me and make me into the likeness of his son. Some people discover this on their own and it becomes easy to them. Other people need kind of a pattern. So So the early church fathers, the early church leaders discovered this formal process called Lectio Divina in four steps. Reading the scripture, meditating upon it, praying it, and then practicing it. So choose a small portion of scripture and read it over and over until it's familiar and then meditate on it, ponder the meaning, kind of discover the meaning, apply it to yourself in various ways, look at different phrases and and different um, words individually Write write a personal commentary on each of the portions. Finally, after you've chewed on it and, and, and after you've done that, then pray it. It's all too easy to kind of have this religious kind of perspective. Begin to pray the scripture so that you don't become a hearer and not a doer. James talked about this. James 1, the Bible book of James. He says, don't fool yourself into thinking you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word of God go in one ear and and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror. Oh, man, you look great. And turn around and forget what they look like a couple of minutes later. Hearers and not doers. If there's one problem that the Christian church faces today is hearers and not doers. The unbelieving world is not impressed with hearers. The unbelieving world is impressed with doers. So let's wrap this up. What's the so what? <laughs> Study is one thing. Meditation is another. Do the words, of, the, the words of the book become banked? Do the words of the Bible become banked and treasured in your heart? Do you speak out his commands? Do do, 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 do the things that you talk about come from the mouth of God? Are you living freely and joyfully in the presence of God? Are you allowing God's directions to lead and guide your life? If not, meditation is a great core exercise for you. Here's what I've discovered. When I had to go it along with my workouts, these exercises may have been basic, but they were not easy. I didn't want to do them. You got to want to meditate on God's word. And here's some good news. The God who wants you to meditate will help you Meditate. Here's the good news: God gives the command, and then He gives the provision for the command. And so, God, the God who wants you to meditate, the God who wants you to have a strong spiritual core, will provide His Holy Spirit to encourage, to to um, to correct, to uh, uh, to provide training in you. God, the Holy Spirit, the GPS, the God Positioning Spirit, will help you accomplish that which He has called you and I to accomplish and empowerment, and encouragement, and correction, and assistance. The real question is, will you allow him to help you? Will you allow him to help you? See, we need a a spiritual trainer that can empower us to do that, which we can't do on our own. So let me ask you a question. Are you taking advantage of the spiritual trainer in your life who calls you who encourages you to meditate and then says, I'll do better than that. I'll be at your side. I'll give you the strength to do it. Are you participating? Are you taking him up on his offer? I don't know about you, but I need that spiritual trainer every day to help me do that which I can't do on my own. See, we we encounter life change when we really understand God's word. Belief is one thing, but experience is a whole nother thing. And if if you do this meditation thing, here's what happens. You just kind of continue to do it, and you continue to do it and continue to do it. And you know what happens? One day, the things that you thought you could not do, the things that were very difficult for you, the things that maybe didn't even make any sense to you, you'll be able to do them. Because practice makes perfect. How are you doing? How are you doing in this area of meditation? Let me say this in closing. May you understand the word of God. May the word of God be banked in your heart and treasured. May you rejoice in the freedom that God's words brings for living. And then may you experience God's word at work in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit to make it so. Would you pray with me? God, thank you. Thank you for being the GPS. Thank you for being our spiritual trainer. Thank you for calling us to that which is beyond us, and not just calling us to it, but making it possible by your Holy Spirit. And so today, Father, I'm just praying for some people, some belongers. Maybe they've been on this journey for a little bit and, and the core is just weak. They just have, they have no core and, and, and they need to strengthen their core. And today, Father, you want to make that happen. You want to make it happen more than those who want it to happen in their lives. And so today, Father, afresh and anew, we give ourselves to you and we surrender to your Holy Spirit to do that which in us that we can't do on our own. Today, Father, you are large in here. You're present in our homes, in our cars, wherever we are, in this auditorium, and you're speaking to us about our core. So, Father, would you help us? Would you help us to depend on you to take advantage of our spiritual trainer, the Holy Spirit? And, Father, as we surrender ourselves to you and to your training, as we let go of some stuff and drop some stuff, some of us here today are are talking to you about that besetting sin that kind of trips us up constantly. Some of us are talking to you about some addiction, some hurt or habit or hang-up that that we just need to kind of give over to you. Some of us have been so trapped by sin and and we want to be free. And today, you you can make that possible for us. And So wherever we are today as belongers, would you help us go to the next level? Take the next hill? Become more and more like your son. So, Father, you hear your people crying out to you. You hear our hearts speaking. Lord, would you meet us at our point of need today? Now, Father, there are some people in this auditorium or listening to me at home, maybe someplace else in the world or USA, America, and they don't have a relationship with you. And today, Father, they they, they they know what the weight of sin feels like. They, they know the frustration of doing their own thing. Broken relationships, broken promises, broken commitments, broken lives. And today, if they prayed a prayer, something like this. Father, thank you for moving into the neighborhood. Thank you for coming and becoming like me so I could be like you. Lord, today I confess my own selfishness, my own sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that God sent you and raised you from the dead, raised you from the dead. And um, I just ask you to come in and live inside my heart, be the CEO of my life, be large and in charge. And I thank you. The Bible says that uh, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord sincerely from their heart. Anyone who repents and turns away from their selfishness and leans on on Jesus is saved. And so, Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for what you're doing. You're not done with us. You want us to be more like Jesus. And thank you, Father, that you're helping us be just that. So we love you today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, folks, thanks for being here. Love you guys. See you next week.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today for worship. I hope that you experience God in a new and real way and more so that you're able to take the step that he's calling you to. And it might mean just cracking this open for a little bit each day, starting a process of discipline that you know is good for you. And and please don't be a stranger. We have a lot of stuff that's coming up as we're unpacking this CrossFit series know that the Brisbane 5k race is open to anyone everywhere anywhere so we have a virtual run that's available for that that you too can participate even if you're not local here in the Fredericksburg area so god bless have a great week and we hope to see you again next week